Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast, except for this week. We are a Claim the Sky podcast. I am your slightly hungover GM, Stace Babcock, and with me today is Alex Finn. Listen, I'm finally eating and it's amazing. Daniel Anderlich. Hi, I'm Daniel Anderlich, and I'm being chased by an insane military commander. And Samson Davis. Hi, I have coffee instead of alcohol today, so weird vibe. It's weird to play on a Sunday, and I am spared the indignity of Lions football, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Samson, do you have anything else you'd like to share on this bright and sunny Sunday? I do. I suppose I could tell you guys and our listeners that we are Dice Village with Die Hard Dice, and that if they use our code EXPLORE with an exclamation mark at the end, they can get 10% off their order. Go get some metal dice. They're a lot of fun. I have this big, chunky, dragon scaly motherfucker, and it's glorious and beautiful. It rolled a seven. I need to break it in some more, but it's mm-hmm. beautiful to look at. Hey, a seven so- can get you pretty far in Cypher. True. Can it? It depends. On how many assets you have, how much effort you spend, <laughs> how much Fair. cooperating we're doing, mm-hmm. how much XP I have to re-roll it. I've had a few clutch fours mm-hmm. at times, so. <laughs> Sometimes you want to roll low, like when I'm doing shit and I accidentally hit other people. You know what? Speaking of rolling, you guys, can I get everyone to roll a d20 for me and tell me what you get? <gasps> oh, fuck. Okay. Oh. Are we rolling initiative like that dog with the knife? I got a five. Okay. 15. Ooh. I also got a five. All right. Bite me. Daniel and Alex, can you please re roll? <laughs> One. I got a 15. Fight me, All Samson. Right. No, what no. Samson won the first. <laughs> Samson had highest, and this was just to determine middle and lowest. <laughs> so cool. Well, now that that's out of the way, I guess I will introduce our setting. So, Claim the Sky is the Cypher System Supers setting superheroes, supervillains. Our players are superheroes, allegedly. In fact, they're Venture City's newest Society of Seven franchise. And in the Claim the Sky setting, you can think of the Society of Seven kind of like the Avengers. They're like the top, the cream of the crop, the big team based in New York that everybody calls on when, you know, aliens attack the planet or whatever. But there are a lot of villains in this world. Supers are fairly common. And so they have franchises in various places throughout the world. And these franchises are are pretty desirable for a lot of people, for a lot of supers, because, you know, not every super gets to go pro. Some supers may never really actually use their powers. Some supers may, you know, be nighttime vigilantes in their neighborhood, you know, working a day job and then going out at night, kind of like Daredevil or something like that. So being part of a Society of Seven franchise really does give the opportunity to do superhero stuff for a living. So in terms of the world, we are based in Venture City. It's a semi-serious, somewhat goofy, leaning into the superhero theme type of place. So it's not gritty like the Batman movies. It's really inspired by Batman the Animated Series, Teen Titans, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, So we're going for kind of that vibe. And one thing I do want to say is for supers, the rule of cool is queen. <laughs> if it's super cool and it's not game breaking, yeah, you can do it. The rule of cool is definitely going to guide us here today. And in fact, superhero combos are pretty awesome and amazing, I think. So since we are doing a one shot and since you guys don't have any XP at this moment, what I will say is I will put an offer and reward a table XP for any sort of team based combo 
or cool thing that more than one hero does together. It should probably be action packed, right? Like, but you know, if it, if it meets whatever threshold that I have mentally, I will reward a table XP. So you are encouraged to do cool things as a group. Another thing that's a little bit different about Claim the Sky is we are using the Cypher System's power shifts. So power shifts are essentially you have various categories. You are able to put up to five power shifts, up to three in one category. You can put one in five categories, however you want to do it. And basically those ease different tasks. So like dexterity, power shift eases like movement and speed defense. And basically each point you put into a power shift eases it by one more step. So if you put three into one power shift, you're essentially easing any task related to that power shift by three steps. So those will come up today. There's another thing called power stunts, which is essentially like, hey, listen, my character has a giant mechanical fist, which normally does, you know, 12 damage or whatever. You could spend extra from a pool to do something cool with that ability. Basically, like, I'm going to punch the ground and cause, you know, the ground to ripple out and throw back this group of people. Okay, that's cool, but you're going to spend some extra might to make that happen because it's a bit of a stretch for your ability. Now, if you try to super stretch your ability, there's a whole set of rules and stuff that we can get into for that. But just know that you do have the option to say like, hey, what if my hover ability was able to be a kinetic attack? Hey, let's talk about it. And it's probably going to be a little bit difficult. Before I jump in, guys, do I have any questions, any concerns? Should we mention that the ciphers are not super diverse in this one? Okay, yeah. So this does use, I think they're called subtle ciphers is the correct term, not manifest ciphers. So like stars are fire, they are just sort of like an extra feat of effort, you know, pushing a power stunt a little bit farther or pushing an ability a little bit farther or a skill roll a little bit farther than you otherwise could. So uh, each player has two ciphers that boost various things. And that's kind of how they work. So however you guys want, want, do you take a pill? Do you, you know, just have that extra will and that fire to do something a little bit more, you know, whatever you guys decide, however these ciphers work for you is fine with me. You can get narrative with it. All right, let's jump in. So the first panel of our comic book, we flip open the cover and there we see from a high angle, Mendoza's toy store. Fat flakes descend from the sky. It's a very peaceful scene, except for the 30 Aegis security police cars outside, lights flashing, dozens of Aegis security officers outside of their vehicles. And at this moment, we see Prince Rugi flying out of the store window after being tossed by Minder, a supervillain. Samson, tell us about Prince Rugi. All right, so... Prince Rugi, he's a clumsy explorer who explores dark places. And Prince Rugi is the crown prince of the mole people. He is large, like seven foot tall, four foot wide mole person. However you want to imagine him, he's hot. He's just like a hot, chunky, furry boy. <laughs> I was only wearing pants and backpack and like little circular black goggles. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of like what kind of hero he is, I'm kind of basing him off Namor, and Namor really wasn't anything special except Atlantean, which means that he's mm. just slightly stronger than a, a human. And that's kind of what Prince Rugi is. He's just slightly stronger than a human, but he's a mole person. And that, <laughs> and a nod to Silver Age and Golden Age of comics, is what makes him a superhero. He's just not human. All right. Yeah. Is your face like a mole's face? 
<laughs> a little bit. Could it be a naked mole rat face? No, no, he's hot. Yeah. I, oh, right, right, right. We're on thirst TikTok, remember. Whatever half-human, half-mole configuration is most attractive to you, listener, that's what Prince Ruby looks like. And then I guess he gets thrown to a car. How did you know? Yeah, so he uh, <laughs> he finishes the arc uh, and lands on his back on top of one of Aegis Security's police car. How far is this police car roof dented in, Samson? Prince Ruby is fairly large, so I'm going to say it basically turns into a U. Like, it has... The car has almost like snoop to tail wrapped around Rugi. And then Rugi kind of like oh. pushes it away and is like, oh, oh, God. All right. And uh, oh. these age of security officers in their little, you know, armored vests and their uniforms just are sort of looking at you agape. <laughs> All right. And, and we'll, we'll pause you right there. Within the store, which is decked out like a winter wonderland, it's there's blues and silvers and little ice rinks and a bunch of ice skates. And in this chaos, in whatever is happening in this store, you have Minder, the supervillain, and you have Alex. What is your superhero name? Steven. Even? Steven. Even Steven. <laughs> All right. And here is Even Steven near the exit, trying to usher a final family, parents, their kids out of the store. Now, as you're doing this, all of a sudden, you don't even, it's just a blur. You take a punch to the side of the face. Now, since this is all for narrative flavor and setting the scene, this doesn't do any damage, but you hear a slight zooming sound as whoever did it races away. Uh, uh, I think I need to go homesick. I got injured on the job. This is Workman's Comp. <laughs> now, before we go much further into this scene, how about you tell us about even Steven? So, even Steven, because, like, he was peer pressured into, like, picking a name. Like, he didn't really want a name. He was just like, can't I just be Steven? And th- there was a resounding no. Can't I just be Steven. So, even Steven was just minding his own business one day when he got bit by a radioactive wasp. And happens. Yeah, I mean, like, you're just casually walking down the street on a hot summer day. And on your way to put money in the meter, a radioactive wasp gets you. And you still get that damn parking ticket. Mm-hmm. So what does even Steven look like? Even Steven is just, you know, your average office worker. Except now, due to the radioactive wasp bite, he does have wings on his back. And he's very self-conscious about it. So he tries to hide them underneath his, like, button-up dress shirt. But it's, like, really awkward because, like, he's not a high-paying office worker. So it's just, like, a kind of okay-fitting office shirt that's now, like, bunched up in the back because his wings are just trying to get out and be wings. But he's just like, no, 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 no. And I'd like to say it's, like, a white office shirt with, like, a little tank top underneath. As men apparently wear. Okay. And so it's a white dress shirt. Can we see any detail about the wings through the shirt? Or is it going to be a surprise at some point when they burst forth? Oh, no. You can definitely tell there's something underneath there because they're, like, pushing against the shirt. And so, like, his back will just, like, ripple really grossly because, like, you have wings (laughs) pushing out. 
But are they colorful, like butterfly wings? Are they like dragonfly wings? They're, oh, no, they're wasp, wasp wings. wings. Wasp wings, of course, naturally. Bit by a wasp. That makes more sense. Okay, so wasp <laughs> wings. All right, so we've got even Steven trying to usher this this family out while dealing with... And trying to sneak out with the family. <laughs> and trying to flee the scene. All right. And then over in the middle of the store, right in front of... Santa's throne, we have Professor Perilous standing between a half dozen black clad goons and about 12 store employees dressed as elves who are currently being held as hostages. Daniel, tell us about Professor Perilous. Professor Perilous is a reformed supervillain. Reformed. I want to put the quotes in my thing. Reformed supervillain. <laughs> and they're somewhat a shadowy figure. They are a dark energy master. So specifically, they are an uncanny adept who dances with dark matter. Okay. So they're wearing this like very like sort of purple and black cloak with a hood. And they are facing off against all these figures. And they... I think they're winking at them in sort of a threatening way. <laughs> Aggressive winking like... Yeah. I guess one other thing. So he's winking at them, which makes it clear that occasionally, like, he has green eyes, green irises, but his pupils, the black pupils, occasionally will just, like, start floating around like mercury across his eyes before they finally zap back into place. It doesn't affect his vision, but it's a little unsettling if you notice it. Okay, so this is it. This is the opening scene. Shit's going down at this toy store. And so what I would like is for you guys to roll initiative. Woo. I got a five. There it is. I got a one. Sixteen. Who got the one? I did. All right. Since Rugi, we knew you so shortly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These clumsy trips on like something. Try and get up. Mm -hmm. Daniel. These black-clad goons with their MP5 submachine guns face off with you. What do you do? And, of course, you have the hostages right behind you. I assume these goons are all within an immediate range of each other? Yes, and, in fact, all of them have their weapons brought up, and they are trained on you and or the hostages. Okay. They're very freaked out. Okay. Well, with that, I'm going to wink at them again, and it's a Christmas display, right? Yes. Okay. So Professor Perilous looks at them and says, "'Tis the season for cuddles." And <laughs> this dark energy bursts around him for a moment, and then underneath their feet, all these strange tendrils start reaching up and circling them, and I'm using ribbons of dark matter. So for the next minute, this dark matter is around all of them, manifesting like swirling ribbons, and any tasks attempted by creatures in that area are hindered, and leaving the area requires that creature's entire action to move. Okay. So, go ahead and... Or is this just... This just happens? This just happens. Okay. So you have these six goons surrounded by these tendrils of dark matter, and now they can take action. They just cannot move, right? Yeah, they can take action. Or rather, if they want to move, they have to spend their whole turn doing it to try to get out. And then if they take actions, they're hindered. They're hindered on anything they attempt to do. Okay. So these goons, 
they go ahead and train their weapons on you and fire. Now we're going to treat this kind of like a swarm. So just go ahead and mm-hmm. give me a 12 speed defense. 12 speed defense. I will spend a level of effort on that. Okay. That's five. Ooh. So they fire as one mm-hmm. and go ahead and take nine might. Ooh. Oof. Oof. That hurts. Oof. Oof. Okay. So, next up we have Even Steven. Even Steven, you're ushering this family that you would think would be moving with a sense of urgency, but they are <laughs> frightened and they are afraid and they do not know where to go. And there's this super speed super villain in your vicinity. What do you do? Part of Steven wants to use the shrink ability and just be like, I'm sorry, this is too much. I've already been injured on the job. But, um, oh, I feel like that would even be too much for Steven to be like, I'm out. I think what Steven is going to do is, wait, I have to think about this. Because part of me wants to, like, take the hostages and throw them, like, out the door and, like, get the fuck out. But the other part of me is just like, maybe I should, you know, attack with a weapon. Not the hostages. Let me just be clear. I am glad that you clarified that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that who Steven is as a person? As Steven is pondering this, you see a blur race by, and suddenly the father trips and falls on his... Oh, fuck. Steven is going to help him up and shove him out the door like, faster, like, get the fuck out. Okay. If you want to take a turn ushering the family out, you can do that. You can just simply do that. That is your action. Yes. Okay, cool. So the family's been ushered out, and now we go outside to this formerly operational police car, Prince Rugi extricating himself from the U-shaped police car, and now what does Prince Rugi do? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to do that. Um, don't worry, I'm fine. It's a good thing I like being thrown out windows or else I'd be getting pretty upset right now. Um, and then Rugi's gonna kind of, like, trot over, probably across the street to the store and stop. And is there a alleyway next to the store? Yes. Awesome. Then Rugi is gonna go into the alleyway, kind of guesstimate listening to the commotion in the store through the wall, and then dig down under and try, this is probably too much for one turn, but try to basically get a, try to, like, trap the minder. Like, try to get out under under him, or them, wherever they are. Her. Her. And then, probably in a few turns, try to, like, reach up and grab, their, grab her leg as she's running around. Okay. So, let's see. You're tunneling. So, I, I'm going to say that in one turn, Prince Rugi, I'm going to assume, is a fast tunneler. So, you can tunnel in and emerge in one turn. Then you can't do anything else, though. So, you can't, like, emerge and take an action. So... Okay. You do have to dig through some, you know, obviously the cement or brick of the alleyway and then through the ground. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and and I actually just thought of something. So go ahead and give me a 24 might roll. 24 might roll. Okay. I have my digging mitts. Okay. Does that give me an asset it at sure all? sure does. All right. That brings it to a 21. I got two in my strength power shifts. Okay. It brings to a 15. Yep. Anything else I can throw at this? Not specifically trained in digging. 
So I think that's the best I got at the moment. Okay. All right, let's try. Four. Ooh. So you begin to dig, but you just as you, as you come over, you realize you encounter a super thick cement wall. Well, there's a basement here. And so once you encounter that wall, it sort of stops you where you are. So you've dug probably about, I don't know, we'll say eight feet down and two feet over. And here you are encountered with this cement nastiness. And that is where we will leave that. Now it is the minder's turn. So the minder, their prey, having escaped, turns their attention to none other than Professor Perilous. So what does the Minder look like? The Minder is a serious-looking black woman who is wearing a silver helmet with circular, glowing, green, almost look like bulbs on it. And when she uses her powers, they glow. Mm. She's wearing just sort of normal clothes, like elaborate robes. It's not like a, a particularly special costume or anything like that, but definitely has layers of, of robe clothing in silver and green as well and just perpetual scowl she is you're not sure if she's concentrating or she's just pissed you know what's going on so there is the minder and the minder turns like i said their attention over to professor perilous and is going to attempt to throw professor perilous using her telekinetic abilities why don't you go ahead and give me a 21 intellect defense or okay. it could be speed i i would take arguments for either i could see i could see actually i could see a, a case for any pool to resist telekinetic I, I would say it's probably like intellect or might okay so i'm trained so that brings it down to an 18 i'm gonna use my efficacy boost okay so that's 15 and then i'll spend a level of intellect here so that brings it down to 12 right yes that is a natural 20 oh dang all right so obviously i mean professor perilous is a however they manage to do it resist this telekinetic abilities tell me how they do it and tell me what major effect that you would like okay so i think what happens is because their ability essentially comes from magic And so as this telekinetic field is going, he sends his dark energy barreling into the space in between and shifting it to almost like a psychic phase. So it catches and just absorbs that telekinetic pulse and just seems to grow darker in the air between them. And then as a major effect, I would like Professor Perilous to send it shooting back at Minder. Okay, and as a major effect, I will say it not only shoots back at Minder, but it is super effective. And Minder takes 11 damage. Damn. And is knocked prone. Okay, so here we have it. We have Minder on their ass. We have the family out the door. We have Prince Rugi facing off with a basement wall. But Professor Perilous also has these goons to deal with and these hostages they're crying they're they're we- they're obviously very upset this is a very upsetting situation so professor perilous what do you do now so professor perilous is going to turn to the gunners because they see that minder got knocked over and they are going to look at those gunners and say because they're functioning like a swarm right yes okay and so he's <laughs> 
going to spit some blood because he got hurt very bad by all those shots earlier. Right. And he's going to say, my turn. And he is going to send an onslaught at the swarm. Oh, shit. Tell me what my target is. Twelve. Okay. So I also, that also gets eased by two steps because of my power shifts. So that means it's a six. Ooh. And I'm going to spend a level of intellect effort for damage if I hit. Okay. That is a 17. Oh. Oh, 17. You rolled a 17. I thought it was 17 damage. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. No. So that's plus one damage. So they, and I spent effort. So that's going to be 11 damage. Ooh. And we murdered that person. Slamming into that swarm. Three of the soldiers are nothing but boots. <laughs> oh, and it should have been even easier because they're in the uh, dark map. So they're hindered, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They're hindered. So, and then well, a fourth one looks kind of rough. Looks kind of rough. So there are two apparently perfectly healthy and one damaged soldier remaining. All right. So, and I'm also going to yell out, Steven, get the rest of them out of here. So you shout that, no problem. And I want to say too, you guys have earpieces. You guys have, have ready comms, like with each other. So you can, mm. you can communicate. So, but I, I described that, that, you know, three of the swarm, they're nothing but boots. But can you, can you tell me a little bit more about like the nature of the attack and what that looked like? Yeah. So again, this is this, you can see this dark energy flow over Professor Perilous and most of the time, he keeps his arms inside his cloak. But when he reaches outside the cloak here to fire this off, you can see he's got some dark gloves on his hand that honestly appear to be mostly cosmetic. As he generates this charge, you can see, like, all of a sudden, all the veins on his bare arms become, like, black with this energy as it flows towards his hand and then fires out in a blast at those figures. And it appears to be both concussive and corrosive. Dang. All right. So, Professor Perilous yells to even Steven to get the rest of these hostages out of there. But, at this moment, Shrike, supervillain, is suddenly visible. They have stopped moving at a rapid rate for some reason, and they are going to attack. They're going to use their special attack called a Super Shrike. So, even Steven... That is a 24 speed defense to evade. Someone's going to get impaled. I understood that reference. Got it. (laughs) Now, remember, you have a dexterity power shift. Do you have one or two dexterity power shifts? One. Just one? Okay, so that brings it to a 21. I think I'm going to need to use some pool. Is that a speed pool? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to use one level of effort. 18. Yeah. Let's see if I have anything else. Nope, it's just we're going to try and roll an 18. Okay. Maybe Stephen's going to ruin his shirt by getting impaled. It's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I got a 13. That's... To the time tombs with you. (laughs) All right. So, this is not actually an impalement. What Shrike does is they move super quickly and they fist their hands together and strike even Steven in the stomach, tossing even Steven across the store. And even Steven lands in a display of this year's hottest toy, Chaos Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat nearer 
the hostages than even Steven was previously. And even Steven takes nine light. Holy shit. Damage. Damn. <laughs> even Steven's back in the action, but they are kind of buried in Chaos Elmos, who, as one, activate, throw their arms up into the air, and pieces of cloth representing fire flare up from their backs. <laughs> and they scream. All right. <laughs> Everyone takes one intellect damage. Everyone takes one. Uh, my eyes. All right. Prince Rugi, you are face to face. Ah, my natural enemy. I, I'll find a voice room at some point. But Prince Rugi, in the meantime, is going to use his ability, Muscles of Iron. Ooh. Allowing him for the next 10 minutes to have an acid and all might based actions other than attack rolls. So visually, I imagine this as looking like an attack, but Rugi is going to start like smashing through the concrete wall, try to get into this basement. Okay. So this concrete wall, since you're not also trying to go a, a long distance and emerge uh, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, this is going to be an 18 might pass just to get through the wall. Dope. So I got the power shifts, give me two muscles of iron, a digging mitts. 12, 9... Six. Six. Eleven. Okay. You get through this wall. Can you describe it, please? Rugi uh, takes a step back, takes a breath. You see his digging mitts kind of, like, tighten, start, like, making a heightened humming sound. And then he just starts, like, um, Jodo's Bizarre Adventure, just aura, 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 through the concrete wall into the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Prince Rugi bursts into the basement, and the first thing that you notice are an extremely high number of disturbing child mannequins in various poses, wearing clothing that is years out of date. And, but you also, you also smell like a, a burning, like a, not, not like a fire, but like a burning that comes from friction, like from construction, from grinding. And as you smell this, you hear a kind of high-pitched whining noise. But beneath it all, you also hear a beep, 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 beep noise from deep within the basement. And that is Prince Ruby's turn. All right. So I skipped Alex an initiative on accident. So Alex, <laughs> in the display of Chaos Elmo, somewhat near the hostages, Prince, uh, Professor Perilous has just said, get the rest of them out of here. What do you do? Well, first, I think even Steven is just going to kind of look around and be like, why? Why? <laughs> and he's going to let gonna hobble over and try and get more hostages out of there all right so these hostages they're they're crying they're huddled they're they're semi-hysterical and emilio mendoza the owner of the store is also somewhat hysterical but trying to keep everyone together but they are kind of backed into a corner there isn't a particularly easy way out how do you get these hostages moving oh gee oh gee oh gee i'm gonna have to check on these skills oh wait hmm I have a skill for this? Do you? <laughs> Find the way. Well, it's oh, a skill. Shit. So you do. Special ability. <laughs> when you apply effort to navigation tasks because you don't know the way or a loss or attempting to blaze a new route, need to choose between two or more otherwise similar paths to take or something very similar, you can apply a free level effort enabler. I'm going to use that. All right, so you will need to apply a level of intellect effort to this task in order to get that free additional level of effort. 
I will. Okay. And so getting this group of people out of there with your two two levels of effort is going to be a nine. Ooh, I got a nat 20. Well, Ooh. that'll do it. All right. So how does even Steven, I, I want to know what, what feature, what route, you know, did even Steven spot that perhaps wasn't obvious? And how did even Steven get this, these hostages out of here? And then I we can talk major effect. Just because all the hostages are like getting nervous and crying, even Steven starts crying too. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminds him of all the times that at work he gets really stressed out. And he knows like the best and like stealthiest way to get to like the break rooms and bathrooms to cry. <laughs> and so he's just gonna. <clears throat> He'll notice like the layout's very similar to. Like, that one time he was at the grocery store and he couldn't make a decision between if he wanted to have, like, fish or, like, beef for dinner. And he was just, like, getting ready to just cry in the grocery store. This is this is me as a person sometimes. <laughs> and so, like, he sees, like, a, the small path behind the displays that just is primo for, like, sneaking out and crying in your car. Right. So it's it's like it's behind the Santa throne, right? It's, yes. it's the back door behind the scenes. And you get the hostages. They get out because you succeeded. So they're through there and they can find their way at this point, right? What would you mm-hmm. like for a major effect? I think I want to hinder any like enemies in the general facility because they're just so secondhand embarrassed by seeing Steven just crying and like... <laughs> panicking and needing to get out of there so like they are hindered in any like tasks that require perception because they're just like so busy trying to not look at this scene so yeah so what i think that i will say is that for the next two rounds even steven goes unnoticed even by shrike nice their nemesis minder pulls herself up off of the ground And she is going to send a psychic blast back at Professor Perilous. Now, Professor Perilous, this would normally be a 21, but you have already, you've you've gotten the flavor of her Mm -hmm. power, right? You've managed to manipulate it. So I'll go ahead and give you an asset for that. So this will be an 18 before you apply anything. Okay. So I'm trained in intellect defense. Okay. I'll apply a level of effort. Okay. So that brings it down to 12. That is a nat 20 again. <laughs> a nat 20 again? What would you do with it this time? Same shit? Different different round? The second verse, same as the first. All right. A whole lot louder <laughs> and a whole lot worse. So, so, so mind are showing exceptional, like, core and body strength, like, leverages herself up out of this display and fires off a, a visible psychic beam at Professor Perilous. And refresh my memory, Daniel. Professor Perilous absorbs this and then fires it back. Yeah, they send out a like a wall of their dark energy, phasing it into sort of like the psychic existence. The telepathic energy hits it. There's a dark royal, and then it shoots it back. And Minder is flung back into the into the same display, but this time she goes like three shelves deep, and she is prone again. Except now she's hurt, so this next round she will have to spend getting up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. Now, Professor Perilous, 
you have three super soldiers, spec ops soldiers, whatever you want to call them. Not super soldiers in the sense of that they're super strong, but they're just highly trained goons still facing off with you. The hostages are gone. Minder's on her ass. What do you do? Can I see Shrike from here? Can you see Shrike? Hmm. I'm going to say that you can see toys falling off the shelves at various places and sort of seems to be directional Mm. toward you. Okay, then in that case, I'm going to activate my resonance field and dark energy just flows over my body. And that means that for the next minute, any kind of immediate range attacks against me, I can use intellect defense instead of speed or might. And I get to do damage to them if I get a minor or major effect. Excellent. So, I mean, that's going to come in really handy because as you're watching this sort of, you know, this breeze that is formed by Shrike moving so fast, knock these toys off the shelves. Uh, Shrike is coming right for you. And I need you to make three defense rolls. Now, these are melee. So you said you can use intellect, right? Mm-hmm. Three 15 intellect defense rolls. Okay. So they're already down to a 12 because I'm trained. The dark matter is still present, correct? Mm-hmm. So if they enter the dark matter, which they would to attack you. If they were entering the dark, if they have to go into the dark matter to get to me, then they are stuck there and will have to spend a turn getting out. All right. They're they're smarter than that. Then they're going around. Okay, cool. So, so it's down to a 12 for me. And then I am going to spend a level of effort on this first one. So here's the first one. That's a nine. Okay. Which should do it. I'm going to spend another level of effort for the next one. Okay. That's a nat 20. Ooh. Hey, can you share some of those with me, maybe? All right. Let's address this nat place. 20. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So with my resonance field, if I hit a nat 20 on him, I get to do four damage to the attacker automatically. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what happens is, you know, Shrike is trying to come in and do, you know, like, like the front hand, backhand, front hand slap thing to Professor Perilous very rapidly. So the first one just sort of brushes the edge of Professor Perilous's jaw. And as Shrike comes back for the backhand, what happens, Daniel, with that nat 20? They they come in to strike, but the resonance field flashes in response and sends kinetic force back at them. Does it have any like any uh, movement effects? Does it does it knock them back or is it just as poor damage? It's just damage. It's just like so much of like Professor Perilous's stuff is around like a brutality. Okay. There's not much like like the ribbons of dark matter are sort of a control thing. Yep. But like even that, like you get the feeling that it's just because Professor Perilous hasn't figured out how to make that hurt yet. Okay. So Shrike's moving so fast that when they come in for the backhand, it just their own hand bounces off the resonance field and they slap themselves right in the face and they take that four damage. Now, you mm-hmm. also have a major effect. Mm-hmm. What would you like? Would you let me do an action right now? I would. Fun? Yeah, certainly. Then I'll do an onslaught. Oh, no. All right. So Strikes just <laughs> hit himself in the face. You know, he's got bloody lip and teeth, and that will be a 24 to hit with your onslaught. Do I get anything? Because he's kind of and smacked himself in the face. and Sure, I'll give you an asset because, you know, uh, embarrassment, momentary stun, didn't expect it. So that drops it to a 21. Okay, okay so it's 21. Then it's eased by two steps for me. So that's 
18, 15. Okay. And and I'm going to spend a level of effort okay. to bring it down to a 12. Come on, big money. That's really good, because that's a 12. Ooh. So, Trike will take 7 damage as this concussive and corrosive onslaught comes blasting out of Professor Perilous in response. Yeah, and I mean, it messes Shrike up, and Shrike spits blood, as superheroes and supervillains do, and grins at Professor Perilous through, you know, with bloody teeth, and says, tick-tock, motherfucker. (laughs) And Daniel, I would like to offer you an XP. Yeah, I'll take it, of course. Great. Who else? I'm going to give it to Prince Rugi, because I think Prince Rugi is near whatever the TikTok is. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good idea. And then Shrike just manages to pull himself together and screams off unimpeded out of the store and gets away. Mm. All right. Next up, even Steven. Now, even Steven has gotten the the hostages out of the out of the store is somewhat unnoticed at this moment. Minder is in a pile of plushies of various kinds, and Prince Ruby is nowhere to be seen. The three goons remain near Professor Perilous. Professor, did you murder everybody else? Shrike ran away, and they said TikTok. <laughs> oh, so is this one of those missions where? Are these people the expendable people you guys keep talking about? Or are these people we send back and be like, hey, we got villains? Okay. You get one short answer because this is still an action. So you get one (laughs) short answer and then you guys, then uh, um, even Steven needs to do something. Okay. Professor Perilous just says, sure. This, um... Because Professor Perilous honestly does not care what happens to these villains. Like... Professor Perilous is just as happy for them to die as to be apprehended. Even Stephen will take that as the, these people are the quote-unquote expendable people Professor Perilous keeps talking about and sends, mm-hmm. that's how it is. I guess we're going to attack with a dual-wield light ray gun. Alrighty, so your dual-wield light ray guns uh, act as a medium weapon when they're used in conjunction. Who are you firing at? I guess we're going to go with, like, one of the three goons that are left. Okay, so um, the three goons are a swarm, and that will be a six to hit. Six speed, because it's ranged. Okay. You have uh, your boost. You have accuracy, which means that you're on all attack rolls, so that drops it to three. Well, good, because I got a five. This dice likes five. Okay. You manage to hit. And how much damage do you do? Four. Four damage. So we lose one entirely. So there are oh, two shit. remaining. So this is no longer a swarm. Steven vomits a little in his mouth. <laughs> Tell me what the ray from your ray gun looks like. Your your dual wield ray guns. I think they're yellow, you know? Sure. They're just the very, like, kind of like Steven was trying to make it look like a wasp, but it doesn't really look like a wasp. It just looks like yellow Nerf pellets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like they were kind of meant to represent like maybe a stinger yeah. or something like that. But these are like dis- distinct rays. It's not like a like a, a ray extends fully from the from the barrel to the no. person. They're it's, like blasts, blaster yeah. bolts. 
They're blaster bolts, and they end up looking like Nerf pellets. Like those, I have neighbor mm-hmm. children, and I keep finding these round yellow balls in my yard, and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? It's like that. <laughs> okay. So you blast those goons. One, the one, one remaining is severely hurt. The other somehow has managed to survive this somewhat untouched, and now they are going to use their action to try to extricate themselves from this dark matter because they see Shrike running, and they're going to run too. So Okay, that takes them their entire turn to get out of just the dark matter, so they'll only be able to move essentially like out of their immediate range. Yep, cool. So they that's what they do. And then next up, we have Prince Rugi in this creepy-ass basement with a beeping noise in the distance and a grinding sound and smell. Prince Rugi goes to comms. Hey, um, I think I found a bomb. And then Prince Rugi, trained in listening, is going to try to find the source of the beeping. Ooh, okay. So to find the source of the beep, it, it's, it's not that hard. This is going to be like a six. All right. Trained, that's a three. Yep. So seven. Okay. Yeah, your senses honed by years underground lead you directly to this bomb, which is kind of in a in a back room, and it's it's like encased in black plastic, and you don't see any timer or control. There's nothing except a little red light, which is blinking in time with the beeps. But you also perceive that the interval between the beeps is getting shorter, mm-hmm. and just beyond that, you see a hole drilled in to the basement wall with a fairly sizable drill abandoned in front of it. Prince Rugi takes half a second just to appreciate the drill and then is, can I, can I still do stuff? Is this still, do I need to wait another turn? I will let you take one, one action, one action. Prince Rugi is going to pick up this black plastic thing. He's going to pick up the, what he's assuming is going to be a bomb. And then which kind of direction is the hole? So this thing is huge. So what we're going to have to do is we are going to have to look at the feats of strength table. How big is it? Four by four by four feet. Okay. Yeah. Let me just find that table. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I am going to go ahead and say that this, and it's of course very dense because it's explosive. So um, I am going to say that this is a... 27 Uh. to lift and carry. Now, if we're talking about throwing, that's going to bump it up to a 33. Yeah, yeah. 25, no, 24, 21, 18 to a 15 if I apply effort. And you've got an XP. You have an XP, and I can shift boost. Since this is so heavy, could I argue that balancing would come into play here? That would depend on what you're doing with it. I'm inclined to say no. Damn, okay. Beep, beep, beep. Looking at the hole that the <laughs> drill made, which direction is that coming from in terms of like the layout of the cities? That really what I'm hoping for. Is that in the direction of a river or non-populated area? No, you are in the central business district of Venture City. Shit, okay. All right, let's try this. Uh, Ruki is going to... Try to lift this bomb and bring it over to the drill with the intention of activating the drill and just putting in reverse and saying it down the hole. So it's more just a moment of strength rather than like a full-on marathon. I'm sorry. So what are you trying to do with it? I'm trying to get it out of the basement by lifting it, putting it on the drill, and then activating the drill and putting it in reverse. But that'll probably be its own turn. 
You, oh, you you are assuming this is like a mobile powered drill, like it has wheels. Is that not the case? It can be. No, that's fine. I was just trying to figure out. I was like, are you drilling the bomb? Because that would be fun. <laughs> so, all right. I would say lifting and setting it on the drill is about as far as you can get at this time. So, yes, that is a 27. Do I need to roll? Before all your 27. stuff. You had it down to a 12, I believe. Okay. I'm not going to do the math again. Wait. Was that a 12 using the shift boost? I think it was a 12 using the shift boost. But that was from the 33. Oh, yeah, that's right. So since you're not trying to throw or do anything super crazy with it, this is a six. Thank you, Daniel. Six with the shift boost? Yeah. All right. Got to quickly not forget to apply the effort. So it was a quick apply. I'm going to re-roll that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, for the XP. 16. All right. You are successful in getting the bomb onto the drill. And now it's Minder's turn, which she has to spend extricating herself from the plushies and standing <laughs> up. So she does that. And next up, we have Professor Perilous. Now, these guards are, are struggling through your tendrils of dark matter, and they finally manage to get out. So it's one and a half guards. <laughs> one and an injured guard. So what do you do? You've got Minder on her feet. Oh, I'm going to onslaught Minder. Oof. If All the right. guards are running, I'm going to go after Minder. All right. <laughs> that will be a 21-2 hit. So I get eased by two steps. Yep. So that is a 15, and I'll spend a level of effort. Get down to a 12, and that is a 17. Okay. Bam. How much damage? That will be eight damage. Eight damage. Minder's upset and very battered due to your onslaught. And you see her sort of look around and get a read on the situation. And she starts to levitate just a little bit. Okay, next up, even Steven. Oh, man. So after vomiting that little bit, does Prince Rugi need help with the bomb? I think Prince Review only really had time to say that there was a bomb and then start doing his own thing. I think because he, yeah, even Steven is going to use Sweet of Flit and try and find Prince Boogie because, like, even Steven is not into this murder thing. Just kind of like, he's just trying to, you know, do his part-time job and work in his office and pay the bills and pay those student loans after he got a degree in underwater basket weaving. Okay, so we'll do this in, in kind of two parts. So the first part is, you know, finding the most efficient route so that you can reach Prince Rugi using your fleet of foot and don't have to, like, waste time or mm -hmm. navigating or see if you do have to waste some time navigating. Fair. Um, so that'll be a, a 12. You have to find the way. So that's a 9. It's an intellect. Or if you spend effort, then that would drop it to a... Find the way would drop it to a 6 for you. Um, let's just try and roll it without it. Okay. Just so because 12. I fear that I will permanently injure Steven if I keep using up his pools. I am a hoarder of pools. Yep. We got a 12! Yay! Okay. So you are going to be able to reach, if you spend the speed um, for Fleet of Foot, you are going to be able to reach Prince Rugi on this turn. Yes. Okay. Cool. Sweet. Next up, Prince Rugi. Yeah, so um, even Steven has appeared next to you. Hi. Hi, Steven. Hi. <laughs> uh, 
do you have anything to get rid of a bomb? Oh, bomb. Uh, Actually, can, can you shrink other things besides uh, yourself? It's me and my clothing, so it's not, you know, family unfriendly. Okay. I mean, we could see if I could, like, wear the bomb and see if it works on a technicality. All right, so while you guys are puzzling over this bomb, I know this is a little bit um, out of the ordinary because we're kind of in it. We've got kind of two uh, situations going on here. So very quickly, yeah. I'm going to go back to Minder, who has gotten a read on this situation, and she is going to use her turn to fly away, and she is gone. So now we'll go ahead and leave initiative, mm-hmm. and you guys can deal with this bomb. Uh, all right. How about how about this? Uh, Prince Rugi is going to try to activate the drill and point it straight down instead of putting it in reverse. Just okay. And while Prince Rugi is doing that, what is Professor Perilous doing now that there are no enemies? So I have a question. Yeah. Exactly how fast does Binder fly away? Oh, um, she's pretty fast. I mean, she can probably get a long distance in one turn. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I ask because I can also get a long distance in one turn. Oh, you can chase if you would like. If you want to continue, you can chase. But she is flying, so she's not just going a long distance horizontally. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. So I'm just going to say over the comms, like, you guys deal with the bomb. I'm going to pursue Minder, and I'm going to use Far Step, which means I charge up with my energy, and I can leap up to a long distance and land anywhere I can see within a long distance. And I'm going to land on Minder. Ooh, Ooh! All right, you do that. Okay. I almost Grab I want. A hold. I want to resolve Minder first. So okay. So you are on Minder. So you just like grab a hold of her. Yeah, I'm like I just like drop right on like fall down like draping myself over her. Okay, and she starts to kick her hands and her legs, you know, and she starts she drops a little, and she's struggling to get you know altitude now at this point, and. She, of course, is going to try to shake you off, and she does that by telekinetically ripping the M off of Mendoza's off of the Mendoza's toy store sign and flinging it at her own back, which Professor Perilous is draped on. So, Professor mm-hmm. Perilous, can you give me a twenty-one speed defense or intellect defense, whatever your well? Is. Luckily, my resonance field is still active, so I get to use intellect defense instead. Okay. So that is an eighteen. I'll spend a level of effort. Okay. Getting low. So that's a 15. And that is a 10, unfortunately. Does the resonance field still do four damage? Only if I get a major effect. You know what? I'm going to spend an ex- spend my XP and re-roll that. Alrighty. Actually, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to accept this. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> okay. That is an 18. Okay. So you managed to evade because you are draped all over Minder and she's not only concentrating on trying to hit you with this M but she's also concentrating on because she uses her telekinesis to fly she just she just kind of misses what does Professor Perilous do? Professor Perilous how high off the ground are we? oh 30 feet I guess in this case while I'm holding on to her I guess I'm gonna try an onslaught okay so and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to try to do it like as if I'm like drawing the energy and like pushing inward with my force. Okay. You do have to maintain your grip on her. And of course, she's mm-hmm. fighting you a little bit. 
So are you doing a physical or a mental? What are you? What are you? I'm doing a physical onslaught. Okay. So that is going to be a 21 to hit, eased by two steps, mm-hmm. 15. And then are you expending any effort? Yeah, I'll spend a level of effort. Okay, 12. 13. Okay, you hit. Tell me what it looks like when you knock Minder unconscious and she drops to the ground. Yeah. Okay, well, my force just like blasts inward. So it looks like I'm charging up and then all that energy and force like just seems to like blast like from me surrounding her down into like a like central blast. And I guess you specified unconscious, so. At this time. Mm-hmm. But you are dropping like a stone toward the ground. Okay. Okay. Still hugging Minder? What do you do? Well, if she's unconscious and dropping, I'm going to... Do I get an action to respond to this, or am I just... Yeah, I mean, we're kind of just doing flowing through initiative here, because I want to resolve this, so it's really just you, then Minder, then you, then Minder. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, then I'll just do far step and land safely on the ground next to where she's going to collapse and fall. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're there, and you watch her fall through the air and land face down on the ground. Her helmet cracks, blood and cerebral spinal fluid leak from her ears and her nose. Jesus. And she she looks super dead. <laughs> since it's free for me, since I have two edge, just in cases that I she's not dead, um, I'm going to do ribbons of dark matter right where she is. Okay. So that, she can, so that she, if she wants to escape, it would take a whole turn to try to move out of it. All right. And as you cast this, you see an entire squad of security personnel run over in that direction. And we now will return to the bomb. So Prince Rugi had a plan. Yeah. So Prince Rugi is going to activate the drill, point it down. So it's just digging straight down. And while that's happening, Prince Rugi pulls out just like a little scrap of cloth from his backpack, try to find a place to like tie it around, like attach it to the bomb. And then basically make a little bracelet out of it so that even Steven can like wear it as quote jewelry <laughs> and see if he can shrink with it. Okay. Or if it'll shrink with him. All right. Uh, you do that, Steven. Uh, try try this, I guess. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Not really a bracelet guy, but he puts it on. Right. We're going to try and shrink it. Yes. Are you going to use your shrink ability? Yes. For one plus might points, you and your clothing or suit become much smaller than your normal size. You become six inches tall and stay that way for about a minute. You can add four points to your speed pool, add two to your speed edge. And then there are various effects that we can go over as they come up. But yeah, like in the movies, it's just a boop. (laughs) (laughs) It's tiny. No big like just like a boop. (laughs) Okay. And you don't have to expend any effort because this is the first time you're doing it. So you tell us how what it looks like. Just boops. Just boops. Oh, were you guys talking while I was reading? Yeah. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So you are worried? You are tiny sized, but the bomb is still full sized. Damn it. Oh. But. Ah, pebbles. (laughs) Yeah. But you are, you are sitting tiny sized on top of the bomb. And mildly. And you guys are out of initiative. So do you. So I guess I'm chained to the bomb now. Prince Ruby just kind of like takes the scrap of cloth and then just kind of removes it. (laughs) <laughs> from around even even steven oh there you go i mean if if i knew math i might try and like disarm it but like oh uh how how small can you go can you get into like the blanky bits and just unplug it i mean 
feel like I could do that like right now. I'm pretty small because like I feel like he's the size of a wasp now. And wasps get everywhere. If you've never had a wasp invasion, they get everywhere. Would you guys like to examine the bomb? Yes. <laughs> yes. You mean we weren't doing that? <laughs> uh, uh. To analyze the bomb, go ahead and give me a 12 intellect. Nat 20. Apparently, Stephen in the roll. admin pool <laughs> has now learned bomb analyzing skills. I would love it if you're in the admin pool and it turns out your corporation is actually like your day job corporation is literally just like a supervillain's operation. It's just not <laughs> obvious. <laughs> like, so you're in the mail room, like sorting all these bomb diagrams that are getting moved around. <laughs> yeah. And what Stephen recognizes is that while there are no external timers or anything like that, there is an external light and removal of that light. Well, the, the power source has to come from somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems to be connected to a timer down below because, again, it's now beep, 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 and it's getting faster. So you determine that perhaps there's a way in if that light is removed. Now, what would you like for your for your natty? I would like Stephen to know how to remove that light because I do like Daniel's explanation. In the mailroom, Stephen may have or may have not seen the diagrams for some bombs. Yeah, you could remove the light. As you walk over, you you look at a few Phillips head screws, and uh, you are not very big, so turning these screws is going to be a little bit difficult for you. However, you do have friends, but yes, for you to turn those screws at that size, it doesn't seem like there are any hindrances to strength using the shrink ability. And uh, because you have a dat 20, of course, you can remove them. So uh, go ahead and tell me how a tiny, tiny wasp person manages to turn three Phillips head screws or tear the light off or whatever you want to do, Alex. How does this light come off? I think Steven takes off one of his shoes okay. and uses it as a screwdriver. Okay. It's going to ruin the shoe. But like... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. The light is removed. There's a sale at Shoe Carnival or something. <laughs> and you see wires leading down a tube towards the center of the bomb. And we'll pause there, because what is Professor Perilous doing? I am yelling at the security people, saying, like, there is a bomb. You should be getting out of here. They immediately call the bomb over their radios, which is bad, bad practice within the vicinity of bombs, but they yeah. do it nonetheless. Yeah, I should actually do that in character. So Professor Perilous says, says, you idiots, there's a bomb. Get out of here. Ah, uh, no, we're, we're, we got it handled, I think, Professor. Uh, I'm not talking to you. You take care of it. I'm getting the guards out. <laughs> oh, all right. The guards sort of ignore Professor Perilous, and they go and begin to pick up Minder as a squad. Like in a friendly, I'm going to get them help way, or as in a we are apprehending way? In a we are apprehending way. Professor Perilous will shrug and, and ask even Stephen for directions to where you guys are. <laughs> or ask, well, yeah, because Prince Rugi wouldn't know. Prince Rugi went a different way in. <laughs> I think Prince Rugi would definitely say, like, we're in the basement. Okay. Can I just start doing far steps heading down towards the basement? Absolutely. Okay. Professor Perilous is with you now. Hi, Professor. Hi. He looks at the bomb and, like, with the light hanging off and says, I assume that's Steven in there? Uh, yeah. How'd you know? Lucky guess, I guess. Wow. How you doing, Steven? Um, so we got the light removed, and uh, uh, 
I guess we could go further, but like, should I go further? Like, I'm, mm, I don't really have a, I don't have a tool belt or any of my stuff. Why don't you use your hands? Start grabbing and pulling stuff. Well, the important stuff. Or is it any stuff? Professor, did you ever do bombs? Uh, I did a 26X one time. Um, that was a debacle. I don't really want to get into it, but I don't know. Would I recognize this? It does seem like a custom built bomb. Yeah. And I, I, and I'm sort of magic based. So like the smartphone is sort of like the limit of technology for me. And I'm definitely not an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) And even then it's like not even good at using the smartphones, constantly losing your apps because you put them in a folder. Oh yeah. I'm constantly harassing Steven to help me with something on my phone. (laughs) Okay. I guess we're going for it. All right. Are you crawling down this here tube? Yeah. So you crawl down this tube. It's, it's really just a set of wires which lead you down to the power source. And you get down there and now you do see a timer. And this timer says 25, 24. Oh, no. 23. 19, oh, no. Steven's going to start panicking and like 20, start ripping at things. 19. 18. <laughs> All right. So you're just trying to get lucky. Yeah. So you start tearing at things for you to do the right thing. Um, this is going to be a 18. It's luck. So intellect. Are you guys ready for our shortest one shot yet? Hell yeah. <laughs> I actually am. That'd be really cool. In a really sad way, but kind of cool. It only took us an hour and a half to record this. Bam. Go us. This is the prologue to the real one shot. You heard one shot? That's right. It's only one episode. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck it. I'm going to roll it. Just fuck it. Because mm-hmm. I think this is more funny. Do it. I'm sorry. Well, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> 18. <laughs> All right. So somehow in your, your desperation, <laughs> you managed to pull the... The the time the the cord that or the wire that connects the the timer the uh, to the ignition cap, but the timer doesn't stop, so you don't know if you fixed it. So it goes ten, nine, eight, I seven, guess this is it. six, five, four, oh, three, right. two, one, <laughs> and nothing happens. <laughs> Steven starts vomiting in the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, Steven, yeah, I, I think the bomb got him. Professor, what do we do? Professor, I think, realizing the bomb did not go off, is probably going to take an action recovery roll. Because <laughs> I'm in bad, bad shape. <laughs> it's only two. All right, and is everyone going to take some recovery rolls? Yeah, Steven's going to crawl out of the bu- bu- uh, um. He's got a little vomit on his little white button-down shirt. Uh, Ruki is actually doing pretty good, so he is going to go to whatever steering wheel this drill has and start redirecting it back up towards the surface. Okay, so as everybody is sort of resting, taking a breather, determining next actions, we turn the page in our comic book and we flash back to the three of you standing outside of Venture City Swole. Venture City's only 24-hour gym. And in front of you is a woman 
wearing a tie-dye shirt, jeans and vans, and she's opening up the door and she's saying, welcome to your offices. The Society of Seven is so excited to have a new franchise in Venture City. My name is Brittany. I will be your base manager. And she leads you into the gym, takes you to an employee-only store, takes you to the back of a storage closet, and there you see a set of stairs leading down into your secret base. And this is earlier in the same day. And what do you guys do? This is your this is your introduction to Venture City. This is you coming together as a franchise. And you're following your base manager down the stairs. Oh, so we don't know each other in advance of this. You could. That's up to you guys. If you're meeting as strangers, that's fine, too. Um, one, two, three, not it. Professor Perils will just go down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, so you go down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And you follow Brittany into your secret base. And the first room you walk into, it's got kind of ratty beige rental carpet. It's got some threadbare curtains dividing up rooms. There seems to be a door shortage down here. You have a nice 70-inch TV on one wall, and there's a semicircle of like seven recliners around it. And Brittany turns to you guys and says, the last franchise left a bunch of furniture and items behind, you know, and, and we've just left them here for you. We understand that Venture City is not the most profitable franchise and is, and the Society of Seven cares about each and every one of its franchises. And we want to give you the best start possible. So leaving the furnishings as well as the uh, television and communications hub are all part of your base franchise package. And as she takes you through, you see a kitchenette, you see, you know, a spare room with an Xbox 360, and you're exploring around. So she orients you to the secret base. What do you guys do? Is it clean or dirty? Like, did the last franchise, did they get their security deposit back at the end of their lease? It doesn't seem like they got their security deposit back. You would think that they wouldn't. But if they didn't, whoever owns this property didn't use any of the security deposit to repair any of the damage. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Typical. Rugi is going to the kitchenette and eating what's ever in the fridge. Okay. And Brittany's like, so do you guys know each other? Oh, uh, yeah. We met a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah, but, like, softball games don't count, right? I don't know why they wouldn't count. Well, I was the softball. <laughs> <laughs> we won that game, so I think it counts. Question for Dan. How long has Professor Perilous been, quote, reformed? I would say it's only been a couple of years. Okay. Because it took a while, I think, before any fr like hero franchise would take the risk of taking him on, regardless mm -hmm. of whether or not mm -hmm. he seemed to be reformed. Okay. Do you guys have a, a, a crew name, or should I just call you Franchise 69420? <laughs> <laughs> that works for now. Okay. Well... As you know, Venture City is is safe and beautiful. There's not a high profit margin here at this franchise. And uh, in fact, it's so safe that they've recently privatized their police force. You'll probably see them around installing traffic cams and so on. You know, my role in that this... That always works out well. I mean, it's saving saving them some money. You know, they're putting it in, in the schools and the parks instead. I mean, really... Do you need city police officers just to enforce traffic? Catch the occasional vandal? Do you? Well, we should really be putting all that money in social services instead, but uh, that's okay. He leans over to Prince Rugi. He's like, he like 
motions as if sort of addressing the idea of the privatized police departments like and says uh i ran a scheme like this once a couple of years ago oh uh did that work out for you oh no i got my ass kicked uh <laughs> stace what's a hero that's like a really well-known hero that the silver sentinel oh no no uh the silver sentinel kicked my kicked my ass he wasn't even supposed to be in the area they just came over and took care of it yeah spent uh spent about six months in jail before i broke out that time Whoa. oh wow and who's the silver sentinel kind of an asshole oh all right i mean they're they all so uh, are there any cool like secret entrances or gadgets or anything or is it just <laughs> this oh well i mean of course you have your comm station which is cool you do have your workbench and gear storage of course there's nothing of value left there uh, oh you do have a minivan and she leads you down to the minivan shows there's it's kind of a a loading dock uh situation so you can just leave and, and you'll end up in the parking lot behind you'll drive right out behind the gym you know it's a pretty cool uh minivan can it please be a honda odyssey it's a Honda Odyssey, um, which I think is a pretty good model. And you're looking at it, and it's, like, dented. They're, like, scrapes. Like, clearly, whoever like, drove it before just had issues. It's that um, bronzy like, toe Parking um, and spatial awareness. <laughs> but the important thing is it's a Honda Odyssey, so it's got that built-in vacuum cleaner inside of it. Yes. The built-in yeah. vacuum cleaner is intact <laughs> as well, um, which is a surprise. Or maybe not a surprise, because it looks like it has never been used. Mm -hmm. It's still got, like, the little plastic stickers on it that have the instructions <laughs> mm -hmm. and and Brittany leads you guys over to the minivan and she says so part of my role is collecting jobs and taking clients for you guys and i have to say due to how safe i mean we haven't had a super villain in 30 years jobs are thin on the ground so actually today what i have for you is i need you to head right over to mendoza's toy store uh, they're interested in possibly signing a contract to Come out with a limited line of action figures based on you guys. So you have an appointment over there in about 90 minutes with this new security company. They're working out the kinks. You know, they have security checkpoints and things like that. It's probably going to take you about an hour to get there. So I would get going here soon. All right. I mean, I guess. Can't be that bad, right? Just sign some papers. <laughs> Rugi finishes the half jar of sauerkraut he found in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Then tries to get into the Odyssey in the back, I guess, and then can't really make room, so he like forces his way out of the roof and just makes a little hole for himself. <laughs> and the back of this thing is riding low. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Perilous hops right up in the passenger seat. Oh, oh I'm driving. <laughs> Am I driving? <laughs> I can't drive. I'm new here. I, I guess I'm driving. Been a little bit since I've driven in the city. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brittany, as you guys get settled in the, into the vehicle, says, "Come right back here when you're done. We'll have some more things to go over. You know, different things that we have to do for the franchise and how it runs. And of course, I'm here to help." And we were going to talk about the 401k, right? That was they said we'd talk about that once we got here. Uh, you know, we, we like to give our franchisees the flexibility to find the retirement plan that is right for them. So, but yes, when you get back, uh, I, like I said, I'd say stay safe, but what could possibly go wrong? And that's where we'll end this episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, cool. Boy, Daniel, something you liked. So I liked a lot of things about this episode. I especially liked, like, I made a note of it, too, like, 
I really liked how you had us introduce our characters at the beginning, like how you did it like with the pages of the comic book and things like that. I really enjoyed that. I love the ridiculous like shenanigans of Prince Droogie underneath the ground yes. in the basement. Okay. I'm loving that. I love Steven's like constantly trying to get out of stuff, like clearly like completely fish out of water and not in the like I'm trying to adapt, but in the this is clearly the wrong job for me emotionally, even if I have the ability to do it. So I'm I'm quite enjoying that. Yeah, I, I liked a lot about it. It was fun. Good. I'm glad to hear it's it. It's always fun when you get to use your abilities like heavily right away. Oh, yes. <laughs> cool. So each week we have a segment called Player Intrusions, where we offer listeners an XP to check out something dope as hell. Alex, what would you offer listeners an XP to check out this week? So... It's a shock, but like it's going to be another dance. Like it's super shocking. I know no one's going to expect this from me. I gotta say, I love it, Alex, because it's not something I'm super familiar with. And so I learn a lot every time you bring one of these intrusions. Well, I'm going to recommend my Odyssey teacher, Raka Bandio. She's actually one of the only teachers I have that is local to me. Like I can go drive and have a puppy play date with her because she also has a dog who enjoys coming in during practice and just being like, Haha, it's it's actually the best because so before all styles of traditional Indian classical dance, you do a kind of a what's called an Odyssey is pranami. It's kind of like taking the blessing and thanking the earth for giving you permission to step on it and kind of thanking everyone for coming to watch you, thanking your teachers for you know, teaching you the stance and just like thanking yourself for, you know, doing the thing. And so every time she hears the she comes running in because at one point you're like squatting on the ground to touch the ground for thankness. And she'll be like, this is puppy pranami now and I'm going to give the kisses. Yes. And it's like the best. So one, puppy pranami is the best. But Odyssey dance is, well, I say Odyssey and it's from Oressa, but the way you spell it is O-D-I-S-S-I. And it is from like the eastern area of India, where the previous styles I mentioned are from southern India. This is from the eastern region of, one second, I can remember it, I think, from Odessa. And so the most interesting thing is that Unlike all my other dance schools, I like have a direct line to the guy who revived this style. Like, direct line, like my teacher learned from her teacher, learned from him before he died. Mm-hmm. So th- I think that's pretty co- awesome. Like, I get to learn some of like the OG dances. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, almost a slow, most of the time style. That's all about like the th- angles of your head and position to your chest to your waist and there's like a very signature posture called tribangi where your head needs to be pointed in the opposite direction that your chest is pushed which is opposite to the direction your hips are pushed and so you're making a s yes thank you an s curve with your body and like if you do not try and like balance yourself out you will have one butt cheek that's just like mm, mm. <laughs> 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 so, 
So like, yeah, the importance of dance is try and get balance or else that one butt cheek, one butt cheek. But yeah, we just had our Diwali performance locally here and it was really awesome. We got to do a Krishna piece and it's all about just, you know, feeling it, sinking into the rhythm. And we do a lot of like what people sometimes forget is like yoga is based off of classical Indian dance. So when you see like the yoga positions, they're often things that we're actually doing in dance. So yeah, try and hold a yoga pose for like a minute and come speak to me. Yeah, <laughs> I will be giving a link to my Odyssey teacher's Instagram page as I do. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's the best. And it's very good for like, stretching your muscles and stretching your hips and just opening everything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Awesome. Developing a dump truck on one side. Yeah, my one-sided dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> Samson, what if people want to reach out to us? An easy solution to that would be to go to our website, explorerswanted.fm. From there, they can go to all our socials. They can also find um, transcripts on the website, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mostly our socials. Like on Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. If you want to talk to us directly, we have a Discord, nice little community there. You can find that at explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. Also, if it is within your means and the holiday season has not ruined you enough, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted. Also, use our dice affiliate code EXPLORE with an exclamation mark at Die Hard Dice and get 10% off your order. Please and thank you. And if you can't financially support us, especially during the holidays or whenever you're listening to this, we totally understand. The best thing that you could do is tell a friend and tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. The second best thing would be to leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Actually, I have a new five-star review. Stace, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Kuitsushima wrote on Apple Podcasts a five-star review titled Deserves More Audience. Explorers Wanted is a... Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Explorers Wanted is a TTRPG actual play in Monty Cook's Numenera setting, presenting heroes exploring the futuristic ninth world, during which they get involved in personal yet deeply world-changing plots. Quality role play and a rare, calm, and collected approach to play create a more mystery-based podcast, a contrast to many other casts. The creative and reactive GM leads the party through the world and allows everyone to shine equally. As a bonus, the recaps are at times hilarious and always useful, and the inspirational segments provide other suggestions and propositions to the audience, showing up valuable activities or other experiences worthy being found out about. A wonderful podcast by an entertaining and cool party of devoted players. Awesome. Thank you so much. Very nice. I do have an issue with the calm and collected thing. I don't. I mean, we don't scream, but I don't know if that makes us calm and collected. I'm pretty calm and collected, I feel like. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that review. If you didn't like the podcast or if you just thought it was meh, well, for whatever reason, our cognition, memory, and sense of community is most easily understood as collections of stories, stories we tell each other and stories we tell ourselves. Some of them are factual accounts. Some of them are metaphors. And unfortunately, many others are outright lies. But the thing with stories is that the more you engage with them, either in listening or sharing, the more they become a part of you. So tell me, which lies have you told yourself? And which do you even remember aren't true? Well, hell. You can find us on social media individually. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A N D 
D-R-L-I-K. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. Happy tall days. I'm at Slam Potato. Wait, what are we doing? I'm <laughs> Team of the Unicorn. <laughs> at Twitch and Real the Unicorn on Twitter. I oh, oh, oh. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Have a good night, day, weekend, whatever. And we will see you next time on Explorers Wanted. And 